Thank you, everybody, for coming. Wasn't that first panel awesome? I'll tell you what. Uh, so I'm Dan Richardson. I'm the mayor of Carbondale. I have the best job in town. And uh, man, listening to that panel, that's as good as it gets to be mayor in a town like this, to have this caliber of people here talking about good stuff. Um, man, it's awesome. So this is the second panel, uh, the entrepreneurial ecosystem. And I appreciated the offer to uh, moderate the panel because it's uh, particularly exciting to me or for me. Uh, quick story, about 15 years ago, I was uh, about to kick off a fellowship in Europe designed to, um, for Americans to understand European policy, business, culture, you name it. And we made a pit stop in DC and we had a professor from George Washington University kind of give us the, the ins and outs of Europeans. And one of the things that really sticks in my head was the differentiation he was pointing out between Americans and Europeans. And I didn't know then, and I still don't know now if this is really true, but I'm taking his word for it, that there is a distinct difference, that Americans tend to be more entrepreneurial, more competitive, um, less risk averse. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Um, but to be honest, at the time, I didn't really give it a lot of thought. Uh, I noticed some things while I was over in Europe um, that, that supported that. Um, at the time, I had my own business. I was also on Glenwood Springs City Council. And business development at that time was importing big box stores. And that's kind of what we were focused on. Uh, I wasn't necessarily, but our, our board was. Um, and, but it just didn't really feel right. We were trying to import, um, import our dollars. Uh, for, with jobs that didn't necessarily support the people who could afford to live here and business development just didn't really feel right. Um, fast forward 12 years, uh, get to be mayor of Carbondale and I'm having a conversation with Michael Lowe and he uses this term, e e uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem, and it was like this giant light went off, like, ah, I get it. That's what communities need to focus on. That's where you really tap the entrepreneurial expertise you have. You know, the old model of retail business development just isn't gonna work. And so it was really exciting to me. And at the time, um, Glen X was you know, gonna be going to Glenwood Springs, um, but it really helped th me think about what do we need in Carbondale? And then when they moved up here, it was just the icing on the cake. So it was really exciting. Um, so I, and as well as our board has really been, we've really been thinking about the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Uh, we were happy to support CoVenture and I even got a little in trouble for being so overzealous about supporting CoVenture, as uh, Amy can attest to. Um, so I'm excited to moderate this panel. So without further ado, I will uh, allow everyone to introduce themselves and give some context of why they're here. Josh? Feels weird to talk into a mic that's not actually projecting. Uh, also feels weird not to allow you guys to go first. It's kind of like against the, uh, oh, see, it should be a mic that could talk. Um, <laughs> So my name is Josh Freed. I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders of Proximity. Proximity is a foundational software for co-working spaces. We also own some co-working spaces. Uh, and our job is to not only make the day-to-day -day of co-working spaces easier and more, um, more of a reality for this industry as it grows, but also to connect it together. Uh, I also will be pitching later on tonight. So please Ooh. stick around because I'm really looking forward to talking with all of you guys. So thanks for having me. Hey folks, my name is Bonnie Watson. Um, I operate the Telluride Venture Fund, the Telluride Loan Fund. I do a lot of things in Telluride, but um, I basically help companies 
uh, stack their capital. So we find them all the right sources of capital. A lot of people think that I just need one source of capital for my business, whether it's equity, whether it's debt, that's not true. Um, so I actually work with the, really the whole state of Colorado and find the best funding sources for companies in rural Colorado. Hello. You're mic'd. Oh, yeah, I'm mic'd. <laughs> oh, yeah, you get to keep that mic. Um, I'm Ashley Nogger. I am the program director for the Telluride Venture Accelerator. So we're an accelerator that's approaching our seventh year now. And I also am the community uh, community leader of the proximity space, which is co-working space in Telluride on Main Street. So I also run the co-working space. Um, my name is Dave Mayer. You may remember me from such episodes as the last panel. Um, <laughs> I um, Just a long-term passionate community builder, um, really, where it all started for me was um, sitting in the back of the room in, in Boulder in 2008, 2009, listening to, to Brad Feld, who some of you know as, as, as an amazing human, amazing venture capitalist, just an all-around good guy, talk about this Give First ethos and what that meant to community building. And that's when the light went off for me. Um, and, and just giving of yourself with no expectation of anything in return, helping somebody else, walking into a room and just saying, how can I be of assistance to you rather than who do you work for, what can you do for me? And that, that has been foundational change and it really literally has changed my life. Um, and so I went on to, to found Aspen Entrepreneurs uh, four years ago. Uh, we have since merged, uh, thankfully with, um, and gratefully with CoVenture and uh, just happy to be here. Thanks everybody for joining. Um, so I touched a little bit on this when I in my opening comments, but can you give a differentiation between I mean, what we're talking about today is what can a community do to help build this entrepreneurial ecosystem? So how do we differentiate just old school economic development with this ecosystem? What's the difference and what does the community need to do um, to build the ecosystem? Anybody want to start? Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think being very inclusive is a big thing. Being willing to have you know opening com or open conversations with people. Um, Sean Bertini said it really well. He said we talk to a lot of people who don't even have their pitch deck ready, mm. um, and that's true. And that's a big part of building, especially rural, you know, Colorado, rural America, is just having those conversations, saying, "Hey, who can I get you connected to?" who's the best person to talk to, like that easy ask again. Um, so just being very, very open and inclusive, I would say. Oh, I can definitely go. Okay. Um, so mine would be a little bit different because it's actually why proximity came about in the first place. It wasn't our actual goal to be a software tech that came and you guys stick around tonight and I'll tell you why. Um, <laughs> I like to plug the future event. Um, but we actually got into this uh, and opened a co-working space coming from a, a company that wanted to stay in Montrose. So that's where we're from. Um, and what we discovered by having a conversation within our community was that nobody was actually talking to each other, which was quite interesting. Old school economic development was actually not talking to city leadership, which was not talking to the chamber, which was not talking to the downtown development authorities. And they were all hunting after different things and not doing it very well. Um, and there was still always this concept that you would have a large company that would just show up at your door with 50, 100, 150 employees paying well above the median household income. The fact of the matter is that wasn't happening and still is not, those days are kind of waning but that this concept of having um, one, homegrown businesses, as well as um, small businesses that are brought in because of lifestyle was actually a good way to target economic development in your area. So my 
sorry to rant. Um, this is a passionate one for me. Um, my big push would be to uh, talk to each other and not silo each other, even if it's just conversations between those that are in leadership positions, challenging each other, what are you doing, so that you're on the same page and maybe, just maybe, you'll row in the same direction. That's my thing that you can do. My, um, I think you need to remember to be entrepreneurial about your entrepreneurial <laughs> ecosystem. So, so instead of um, saying waiting around for the SBDC to do it or waiting for the co-working space to do it, like if you want content around sales for the cannabis industry, plan it, right? Like start it, launch it, grit and hustle is definitely a part of this entrepreneurial ecosystem and I think it's something that's often times forgot in the conversation. Yeah, yeah and I, I would just add uh, precisely that, is just <laughs> get out there and do it, yeah. right? It's, you know, Aspen Entrepreneurs started at, I went to the Aspen Brewing Company and said, can we hold a, meet, a, a meetup here? And, you know, four people showed up, right? And all of a sudden, you know, if after a tremendous amount of effort, you know, we're 2,200 person network and obviously now much larger part of CoVenture. It's just, it, it, I think the rest of it is consistency. You know, there's a lot of people who go to and start, uh, and, and, you know, and attend one meetup and don't come back. Uh, the consistency is, is a critical aspect. Uh, and I would also say that if you have something to share, um, Raise your hand. We're not so formal that we're, we're going to hold all questions to the end. Um, Josh, you mentioned Montrose. I've heard a lot of good things about what they're doing. Can you share some of the things that have worked and what has not worked in uh, in Montrose? Uh, it's okay. It'll just fall out again. Um, <laughs> um, good little mic drop there. Uh, Montrose, Montrose has changed a lot. Uh, not always... Uh, quickly and not always without lots of pain. Uh, Montrose, like many communities, had a long way to go to, to change and it's still working on that. Uh, I'll start with things that didn't go well and that was the uh, kind of first iteration of being supportive of everyone. Uh, and what happened with that is, is that any idea was coming flushed out and they were so desperate for new ideas that they actually weren't doing a lot of due diligence on how to spend money. And then there was the concept of, well, cities can't do that or this organization can't do that. and slowly over time they've now gotten into a position where they say okay we can't do that but here's what we can do um, and it's kind of them realizing that there are tools that everybody has and the person in front of you and I would encourage anybody who's going for a business or for or who is a part of these organizations realize that the person in front of you might not be asking the right question but you may know the question they're supposed to be asking so feel free to help at, let them ask the right question uh, things that are going really well, uh, I'm going to say it, the proximity space downtown was baller. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we got some really great awards, Downtown Development Award, Best New Addition in Downtown, Forbes number one in the world, Inc. number three in the country. That thing nailed it. And what happened was is downtown then started to get new life. So there are no available units downtown to rent, and that was not the case. We got a really sweet deal on our space. Um, God, I hope the guy who got it gave it to us isn't watching this later. Thank you. Um, no, but seriously, that really helped. Uh, the outdoor park that's going in right now, the lifestyle park that uh, Mayfly and Ross Reels is doing right now is really cool. It's a big project. And then the water park, really investing in the resources that were there, created a whole new stream of, of tourism. Uh, and that was, they're doing a really good job with that. And that took a lot of public-private. Uh, so there's some. How about, uh, do any of you have a perspective on Montrose or Telluride for that matter that... Uh, working well or not working uh, well? Yeah, 
well, Montrose, I mean, since I moved to Telluride uh, about five years ago, so I've, I feel like I've seen the change since Proximity's moved in and obviously the outdoor water park. And I think uh, Montrose is definitely a quintessential success for stories for what co-working can do for a community. Um, it's, in, it's awesome, yeah. Um, and then in Telluride, I would say, you know, we were five years into a 15 year journey. Um, so we, you know, it started with an accelerator program, which in hindsight, I wish that the community would have started with a co-working space because I think we, we were trying to create community through an accelerator program, which is not what an accelerator program is really meant to be doing. Um, so we really had to, you know, the accelerator got some momentum and then we really had to step back and be like, okay, what, what can we do for the community? And what, what is needed in the community? What does the community want? Um, so, you know, five years later, now we're kind of, we've iterated on multiple different models of an accelerator program, which if anybody wants to come talk to me afterwards, I have a lot of uh, learnings there. Um, we've experimented a lot with different models for acceleration in a mountain community, and we've landed on a boot camp model, which allows us to not only work with more companies throughout the year, but also orient around either local themes uh, in the area and be more uh, approachable to companies that uh, might not have traditionally fit into the accelerator world. Um, so that's so I, I would say coming back to your original question, <laughs> um, I've seen I've witnessed a lot of change for the better in Telluride. I I feel, but I'm only one opinion point. So. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. I actually lived in Grand Junction for over a decade now, and um, you know I think one of the big things is that we get very complacent in what we're doing. Um, and I think I can probably speak better to some of our very rural communities like Norwood and Natarita. Um, I don't know how many of you know where those places are. <laughs> a couple people, a lot of people look at me like, where is that? Um, what really happened in those communities is they had a complete shift in economy. So they went from mining mm -hmm. and that economy is dead now um, or phasing out pretty quickly. And they're having to do a really hard gear shift into something else. And so we're looking at these different industries. So sometimes it's just pushing you over the edge because we don't like change. Like I personally don't like change, but complacency isn't good. It doesn't keep a community thriving. Um, to speak to co-working, we, they put a co-working space down in the West End and that has been one of the best things that they've done um, in that area because people who used to be working in the mines or something, they're like, well, I'm entrepreneurial. There's a co-working space. There's a place that's collaborative that I can work with other people. So um, Grand Junction's a different beast. Uh, I think that's a long, long answer, so I won't approach that. But I think the same thing applies to that community as well. Yeah, I mean, I'll just add that the, the Tell Your Adventure Accelerator was, um, was an inspiration for us. Um, you know, they've been doing it for, for a long time. And just, just to be able to say that we have built something that was typically found in the Front Range or a large city yeah. in a rural community, in a ski community, and that it has been embraced. Certainly there's been bumps, and, uh, but you know, you guys are an inspiration for us. Oh, thanks, so. thanks. Yeah, and I, I think that comes back to being entrepreneurial about your entrepreneurial ecosystem is you gotta take risks, right? Like you gotta, you gotta try to fail-ish and test some boundaries. And I think we, I felt very fortunate the, um, to be able to do those and continue to iterate on a model because I, I feel like, you know, SPDC is one model, but continuing to figure out what the community needs is, is always something that we're trying to, to work on. Um, and I, I also think, um, coming back to the original 
entrepreneurial ecosystem conversation is to not forget about the entrepreneurs, right, <laughs> at the heart of it, um, and really asking them, you know, what they need, because those needs are constantly changing. You know, we live in a in a world where technology is advancing all the time, every day. So those, you, know, you can't just take a blanket approach of what worked five years ago will probably not work for an, a founder in five years. You know, so um, constantly learning and keeping that lens is really important. Well, I think that's one of the things I'll, I'll get to you in just one second. Um, that's so exciting about this is because because things are changing so fast, I feel like this ecosystem learns so much quicker than the traditional model. So mm -hmm. I feel a lot more resilient than ever than we ever have in the past. Yes? Um, as an entrepreneur who's always worked from home for like 18 years and now I joined this co-venture and I'm getting out, are you guys, do you guys all communicate together? Are there things that you guys say, hey, we're having this, you should invite all your people? Like, is that a common thing between co-working spaces? It's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely getting easier. It's one of the things that we try to tackle um, because that wasn't always the case. Um, but if it's if done correctly, it's supposed to be very collaborative all the way to the space manager side, all the way down to the member side. And that's kind of one of the th one of the pillars that it was supposed to have in the first place. Um, it is easier these days. Mm -hmm. um, and you really want to, as well as new opportunities, it's actually how other capital can attach to co-working spaces because they know more quicker. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm glad to hear that you joined a co-working space. I so. love it. I'm so excited yeah. to be out of my house all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll also... Yeah. <laughs> I'll also do a shameless plug for proximity because I, I, one part that I think is amazing about the proximity um, setup is that if you're a member of MySpace, which is part of the proximity network, I can go to the Natarita, which is Natarita location, which is also on the proximity network, and my membership is transferable to there. So I can, and it's also in now Ridgeway, Montrose. Uh, there's a lot of spaces in between that I, that I, I you know, you probably added a lot that I don't know about. Yeah, Carbondale. <laughs> so there's a lot of like cross pollination, and I think that's something that Proximity has done a phenomenal job mm -hmm. of um, incorporating yeah. into your platform. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. and we always have people coming to our space from Ridgeway or Montrose, and they can just drop in, and it's great because it brings new faces into the space. And for someone who works from home, that you won't get that, right? You won't get to meet new people mm -hmm. who are coming. And the cross pollination that happens in a space like that is, I think is really, really critical. And also our co-working space, sorry, I know you nope. don't want to, um, the accelerator is based in the co-working space, which I also think is, um, if if you're working, I don't, it sounds like co-venture is in, it all is in one, but the, the magic and the collision points that happen in a co-working space is so, like you can't put a price on that. Um, it's, it is, I think the magic of it. What are the ways that like we build more of that sort of those opportunities and that community within the actual space? Like what would be your tips like in terms of how do you build, you know, and how do we how do we get more people in the space? Like what, what are the ways to go about I think that? events, planning events. I don't are you part of the co venture or are you yes. are he, yeah? He owns cool. the building. Oh great. Oh awesome. Cool. Okay. Sorry. Um I think events are really great. Lunch and learns is an awesome way to incorporate new people. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of, it's all about people and relationships, right? So it's, I think for me, I would say events. Um, the accelerator, having like a pitch night is a great way to, you know, obviously get the word out there. Um, and then word of mouth, people like the, I know our space, the, 
we were not even fully open before all the desks were rented. So we didn't do any marketing, right? It was all word of mouth. And I think if you encourage people to mention it, bring a peep, bring a friend, um, have meetings there, there it's just kind of guerrilla warfare. I would probably thing. add to that, like a lot of the planning that is done and the events that have, that have happened in the space so far have come from our side, from the co-venture side, is probably engaging you know, new members and saying, you know, what what do you not see here, and, and mm -hmm. how can we make sure that that happens, right? And and you know, we used to, it, it's sort of not relevant in a, in a rural community, but you know, if when Meetup.com costs seventy five bucks a year, you know, to to have a meetup, you know, we would remove that, we would mm -hmm. pay for it, right? And just say, just what do you see that's missing? And if if that seventy five bucks is a barrier to entry, we'll take care of that for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have really great, I mean, these guys are the ones that run the spaces, right? Uh, and I, I no longer get to have that much fun. Uh, but um, I would say that, um, you know, everybody has their circles they get into, right? And the, the moment you start shifting your space from, like you were starting to say, from the the events that you put on mm -hmm. versus the events your members put on. Totally. That's how you start shifting that. And that's when also a co-working space gets a, a life of its own is when it's not just being pushed out, you're starting to receive it back. And that came from the ownership of the members of their space. And they start using those resources for their own betterment, which in turn is the betterment for you. So it's it's shifting that responsibility over to your members and realizing that they can take some of that responsibility. Do you want to add anything? I just, <coughs> just the quick thing. Um, in response to that is the culture that you're building in there. It's not just in your company you're building culture, but within your co-working space. So being very selective about who you're putting in that space, bringing good people in, because you'll watch it, having helped my husband build factory, you know, being very selective about who you put in there because the conversation happens naturally within the office every day. Mm. You know, you, you, you build a community within that space. Um, so just building a good culture, putting good people in there at the very basic level. I'm sorry to cut you off. That's What's a good your question? question? Nope. Um, this may seem like a ridiculous question, but I, it, like, I've gone to Aspen Entrepreneurs Meeting and I've been working in co-venture with um, SB DC. And um, I still don't understand what a, a shared workspace means. Like, wh like when you talk about um, community and <coughs> people getting together, like, what does that actually look like? when somebody comes in and I'm an entrepreneur, I have an idea, I want to move it forward, and then what? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a, a critical aspect to start with is to give a little bit of context um, is, is that co-venture is at, at the very beginning, right? You know, we're still at the, we haven't reached the inflection point of where there's a ton of events and a ton of people in there all the time. And I think that's obviously the goal, um, but we're still at the very beginning. Um, a lot of what you're talking about, and I'm sure these guys will fill in the blanks, but a lot of what you're talking about will, will come as it gets busier and busier. So the proximity platform has created a um, directory essentially. So when you bring your business in there, um, and it started because people were working at home, right? And so we built these co-working spaces to be collaborative and bring people together. Um, but they've put up piece of their platform in there where there's a directory. So say I'm a, I don't know, a software company or something. 
well, hey, there's a marketer in the space right now, or there's somebody that could help me work with my business plan, or there's somebody like myself who works in VC and maybe could help you find funding. And so they've already built that out. And you know, when you're starting up, I think it's about who you know, but there's a huge network and you're connected to all the other networks too. Yep. Um, so there's just literally a big phone book of people that you can call on. Yeah, I think it's all about, you know, what you were saying is the relationships, the people that are in the space that could help you maybe move your your business forward, um, bumping into them, getting coffee, right? Like that's something that just wouldn't necessarily happen. I mean, maybe the coffee part would, but you know, you're at the printer or something and you strike up a conversation and they might know somebody else who can help you. So it's, I, I think it's all about the network. Um, it might not, I, I can't exactly say like, this is what a typical day would look like because um, you know, you're renting a desk, so you're working, but it's all about the, the people in the room that could potentially help you. And, and that's great feedback for us as yeah. well. Like, you know, put something in the comment box said, you know, these are the kind of things that, that I, I need, right? You know, help me find these people mm. with, and you know, who should I be talking to? And so, so we can make sure that you get those connections. And also vice versa, like how you could help somebody. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's the one I'm going to jump in on. There because, we go. Okay, so there's a little bit of personal responsibility that has to go along with this. And this is just from somebody who's run a space and had people walk in. It's like, I'm starting a company. Who am I supposed to talk to in here? And it's yep. like, not my job. <laughs> um, but so I will, there is the give yeah. first mentality. Yeah. But I also want to add on to that. There's the genuine curiosity for others. Um, the most connections that I've seen take place, and I didn't, I didn't actually think this was going to turn into a big co-working talk, yeah. um, but just in general, entering any kind of collaborative workspace, general, genuine curiosity for what others are doing will get you farther in the community than anything else. It's how we've watched businesses thrive within our co-working spaces. A marketing company that was a single person operation now has 12 employees. Um, that's a big company for Montrose to have. Uh, and it really, that growth came by just them getting into conversations and learning what all those businesses are actually doing. And if you are genuine about that, you will start seeing the collision points. It will happen naturally. And it will be a much deeper connection with that person uh, and with that company and you guys will both really enjoy that more. So it is walk in and take the time if it's over coffee or if it's just that awkward like, hey, what do you do? But be, be curious. Mm -hmm. And the good news is immediately after this event, there's a whole bunch of businesses who want to tell you what they do. Mm -hmm. So stick around. <laughs> Amy. Yeah, hi. I, um, well, I lived in Telluride for many years. And Thanks. I, and I, I'm head of the creative district here in Carbondale, mm -hmm. and we really feel like our creatives run a <coughs> wide swath from design, media, and innovation is, is our probably our biggest area, but healing arts, culinary arts. And so it was true, right now I just got a, a major national grant. Part of the thing that we're trying to focus on is where does that fit in with this entrepreneurial atmosphere and with co-venture and how we work together and which luckily we we really have started the conversation and we keep it going but i'm curious do you and tell your do you work with your creative district and your chamber and how how does that uh, work. work we actually don't have a chamber but we have a really great yeah tell uh tell your uh arts district and so we've we worked with in the past there's some events that we co um that we co host together and i would say that we could be better at that um and i i would say that you know i look at artists we look at artists as 
as entrepreneurial by nature too, right? Like they're creating things, they're selling it. There's, you know, it's, there's a lot of crossover there. And I think there is definitely a space for them to be working together. Um, and I think that's worth exploring because what, what might work here might not work in other communities. So I feel like it's, you know, just starting the conversation and with intentionality behind it. But I do think that they, there is, I think definitely a natural crossover um, between the two. And, and Amy, I would say, you know, just come have an event in the space and ask mm -hmm. ask the members and, and say, right? Well, hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you tell us about the event? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's okay. we're, we're, we've reached great. out to do a cross, uh, a two-day event with the, someone we're bringing in that, that works with uh, creatives on how to further their business mm -hmm. and yeah. that kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah, we're continually looking for ways to strengthen because it's interesting because with the creative district talks like artists, 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 but it's really a lot, such a wide swath of community Completely. and how we integrate and all that. Yeah. I think hugely important, at least for us in Carbondale. Yeah. Um, so I'm just always looking at how others work together. Yeah. Well, I'd love to learn how you guys are doing it here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're lucky to have Amy here in Carbondale now. <laughs> Um, so I want to tie this back to the, the last panel and something I heard there. And several months ago, we had a stakeholder meeting in this room. Uh, Jamie Finney from Startup Colorado was here. And we tried to figure out, we kind of did a gap analysis, mm -hmm. what's missing from Carbondale. And really, the one thing that really came, uh, rose to the surface was this idea of Carbon, uh, Carbondale Fund, which somebody else referred to. And I'm thankful to hear John Rooney's ready to s start that, so that's good. Um, <laughs> uh, but I want to talk more about that because I think that's a big missing piece. So thoughts on that? What's necessary? What should we avoid? Where? Maybe what can the town do? Any thoughts on that? Uh, and you're saying fund. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, no. No. <laughs> No, I mean, we have a fund in Telluride. It's been great uh, to supplement. They've invested in historically 50% of the companies that have come out of Telluride, and they're very focused on the region. And I think it's just a, an amazing player to the whole entrepreneurial ecosystem because capital is such a big, um, it's, it's a part of business, right? Well, some businesses, um, especially if you're trying to do high growth. Um, I, yeah, I think it's a great thing. I, I don't have any like, you know, we've, it's been around for five years in Telluride, so I don't have any, it's gone well so far. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't have any real uh, learnings to share other than I think it's a really great way to engage a subset of the community that wouldn't necessarily be involved. So it's been a great way to um, both intellectual capital as well as capital to come to the table to support um, to support businesses uh, within our community. So I think it's a great thing. And, and it's specifically focused on a region. I think it's great. Sort of a solution multiplier, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, I would just actually, what she said there, I just want to call attention to, it's not just about the capital within your community. It's also the intellectual capital that's sitting within there. These, the, the wealth was established for a reason, uh, and there was a lot of learnings mm -hmm. that went into those reasons. And accessing that wealth of information, especially for entrepreneurs, is a is as much of an importance as the access to the capital. And the other thing is just the intentionality. It's one thing I really like about the Tell Your Adventure Fund. They were very mm -hmm. intentional, um, and I think intentionality came with the checks. Yeah, that it was like those that were stepping up needed to get their. Um, 
their whys, everybody hopefully is watching a lot about whys these days. It's becoming very important. Um, it's always been important. It's becoming very obvious. Um, <laughs> but uh, getting those whys out so that there is buy-in, but then upfront being clear that it's not just the money, it's also your experience that you should be seeking. Uh, I think that that, I mean, just even the mentorship, we've got several mentors. One is sitting in the back on his phone right now. Hi, Mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had to. Yeah. Uh, but that that the wealth of knowledge is it's priceless. So yeah. do you want to add to it? Yeah, so um, our fund is actually very relatively small to the funds that mm -hmm. you saw earlier. It's I call it a micro fund, and it's meant for seed stage capital um, for companies. But you know, you know, intellectuals in the room are very, very important, but you have to have people that understand the challenges that these companies are facing. Um, you can't come from outside and come in and try to understand that, especially in rural Colorado, you have to understand the challenges that these people are facing um, and being very sensitive to that. Um, you also, you know, I always say these guys can go anywhere else and they can make a ton of money, but they come here because they believe in their community, they believe in impact investing, um, and that's, that's a big, big piece. And we're on your side. You know, as you go through this, we work with you every single, you know, day until you get up and... Um, and running and we're there fighting for you just as much as you're fighting for your own company and but you need to be involved in a fund and bring people in that have that same culture and philosophy mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think uh, just the last part is you know we're, we're fortunate that um, you know four points funding is is you know going to be based out of uh, coventure and you know that's going to become uh, you know West West Slope Angels. Angels. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry, brand mm -hmm. new name. <laughs> West Slope Angels. Um, and you know, so we're all starting to work together regionally, and and I mean that's 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 huge for us, um, and that that has been a long time coming, mm -hmm. and a, and a lot of effort going into creating that momentum, and it's 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 here. Well, it is exciting. I hope that can happen. Uh, to your point, Josh, I think there's we have such a, a wealth of resources of mentorship that uh, we could tap with or without the. The, the capital behind it. Uh, we have about, well, we're kind of done, but maybe five minutes left for questions. Anybody have any questions? Yeah, Amy? I, I'm just wondering when you guys are working with entrepreneurs and you're like the vision of the 21st century downtown vibrancy, what, what do you see as, as that makeup? Because obviously retail is kind of changing. So, so just curious on your vision. How to foster downtown vibrancy? Yeah, okay. that's a big question. That is a big question. Yeah. <laughs> Three words earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go just, but thankfully they, they, yeah. well, right. but we've already established that. Um, no, I try not to be so flippant about it, but um, it was not easy putting something like a co working space yeah. downtown. We actually took quite a few hits from it, um, and it, some of them were not very pretty. We're still taking hits for it in Telluride. Yeah, well, I bet. <laughs> yeah. They have a lot less square footage than we have uh, to work with downtown. Um, but uh, the fact of the matter is, is that, in my opinion, different models produce different results. Um, co-working spaces produce a different type of transient interaction um, than a retail does. Um, they have longer interactions, but then again, they're, they're used to walking further, so they don't necessarily park up front. Uh, they produce a lot of foot traffic because they're gone having lunch. They're going, they're going to get coffee. They produce other things. Um, I think the biggest thing that I'm learning, and I, I'm very honest to say it, that I still am learning, um, is that I think it's actually more of a cycle for what a downtown needs to do based on where it's missing, what gaps are missing. Uh, I actually don't think a co-working space at this point from 
Montrose has to stay downtown. I think it's got a big enough community and that the Montrose um, downtown has changed enough. It's got that momentum. It needed that kick that it's actually ready, that it could cycle to something else and the co-working space is healthy enough that it could move to another part of town and move its community. Um, it's, I, I don't think there's any one answer, but I definitely don't think it's the same answer because if it's not working right now, we <coughs> talked about this earlier and I think everybody's talked about it, whatever uh, was working maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, mm -hmm. if it stopped working, you should stop doing it. <laughs> um, it's something has shifted. So that would be my answer. Mm -hmm. Who gave you our time? Realtors? Or, Great. <laughs> uh, local press, uh -huh. uh, because it was a public-private partnership. By the way, don't crucify public-private partnerships just because you don't understand them. Take more time to understand them. Um, retail stores, because we were perceived that we were going to take up parking. Incidentally, parking is this issue now because the town is bustling. At that point, you couldn't get hit by a car if you wanted to. Um, and I'm flipping about this. I'm hoping this gets back. Um, but. Uh, and then also we were getting it from other businesses because we were a public-private partnership that didn't get that same support. Uh, it was very much like, well, why them, not us? That happened a lot. And um, those are just things, especially if you're doing something new or something a little fringe, co-venture, like a little fringe, like don't just, especially as community members, I will give, I'm gonna give one plea here. Be quicker to support your community yeah. than to fight it. Yes. Um, that we, these projects are not easy and they take a lot of hits, both professionally and personally. Be quicker to protect a project as long as you possibly can because that is what insulates it from the kind of the naysayers before they eventually figure out that that wasn't maybe such a bad idea. Mm -hmm. So be quicker to support than you are to, um, to fight it until you really, if it's a bad idea, feel free to talk, but you know, make sure you really understand it before you start talking. Can I use that word? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I just want to call extra attention to the fact that the, the mayor of Carbondale yeah. is moderating this panel, yeah. so we're grateful to you, yeah. Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great job. You're lucky. Um, especially in very rural Colorado, like Norwood, Natarita, Nucla, um, one thing that we're seeing is that retail obviously isn't working anymore, and we all know that. Um, what is working is experience. So when people come down to these you know, towns, they want to see something vibrant going on. Maybe it's a new brew pub. Maybe it's an art gallery. You know, maybe it's a glamping facility. Mm -hmm. Something new that's interactive that brings people down there. And, and maybe it's a, a bread company. You know, maybe it's a fresh food hub. Yeah. Something like that. That is, those are the businesses we're focusing mm -hmm. on because that's what is literally going to draw in communities that have <coughs> lost their community that have less than 500 people there. That's what draws people in. And I think I can speak to that in Grand Junction as well. 10 years ago, our main street didn't look very good. Um, and today it looks great. I can walk down that street and say that I'm happy to see you know, the brew pub. I'm happy to see the art gallery. I'm happy to see the winery. It's about experience, I think. Oh, I could take it like the, the future is a main street without cars. Like what are the technologies that are gonna happen without, with you know, the advances in technology around self-driving cars. Like, I think about that, like, what does the main street look like without parking and like without, you know, that's gonna, I could, you know, talk about that, but yeah. All right. Uh, so we are five minutes past time. One more question? All right, one more question. It'll be super quick, that's okay. Um, what's the bleed over that you all have seen into affordable housing and healthcare? Real quick. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs> Had to go there, huh? <laughs> opportunities to talk and I apologize um, only limitedly apologize. Um, 
bleed over into affordable housing, um, just housing. Affordable housing, yes, but and definitely in communities like Telluride, you guys should speak to that, and you guys. Montrose is a little bit different beast. Just housing was a big issue. Um, when you become attractive to come to, which is what the goal was, you know, revamping a downtown, yeah. um, trying to create new opportunities, all of a sudden, wait, you didn't mean to have people come, and they actually have to sleep somewhere um, for more than just one night at $400 a night. Um, so I think overall you have to have a conversation of if this works, then what? Um, don't let it stop you from doing it because problems tend to solve themselves a little bit better under fire than they do under theoretical. Um, uh, the healthcare one, I'm not touching that. Uh, well, I could yeah. tell you the proximity network is actually bringing insurance up to scale since it's all one group, but we can talk about that later on tonight too. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll tackle. Um, so yeah, so I think the big thing, you know, Telluride, we're literally landlocked with mountains. Yeah. Like we, we can maybe put up one more affordable housing project. It's about the surrounding communities that are supporting that and supporting those communities and putting affordable housing in there and making sure that we have places for our workforce that are commuting into Telluride. Um, so it's working with the surrounding areas, but I think that our situation is a bit more unique than um, just because of physicality. Yeah, I would agree 100% with what she says. Um, I also okay. would say that you know our accelerator program was set up to with a mission of helping to diversify the, the economy in a resort town. And there's a lot of, you know, Telluride, I know it's, it's massively expensive, it's super <coughs> landlocked, we, have, we don't have a lot of space to build, so the prices are really expensive. However, there's a, some inventory for, you know, if, you're, if you have a double income, you're making good wage, you could afford to buy a home, maybe not like a mountain village home, but it's, it's about how do you get the middle class um, to be able to buy homes and, and that's, you know, you need, we need companies that, which was what the accelerator was there to do is bring in companies that can be that, you know, our, our thesis is five, $10 million companies, right? In, in the course of like 15 years and a $10 million company can, you know, employ 30 people year round and pay like 70 grand ish, you know, if you're comparing it to other um, urban centers. So I think, I think creating Focusing on social mobility um, is something that's big. It's not going to solve the problem, but there's there is that middle. You know, focusing on the middle income and how do we get them to purchase homes? Um, and yes, the the surrounding communities. But I think that's um, a part that often gets overlooked as well. I'm going to take. And I'm not going to touch healthcare. Anybody <laughs> wants to touch that? I'm going to take a stab at that real quick too. We have a uh, a developer in town who's been invested in a long time for a long time. Uh, we just approved a 115-unit project um, on the other side of 133. He started that project with classic one, two, three-bedroom apartments, and then some advisors said, "Hey, really listen to what we need." He scaled it back and had a lot. He, he added a bunch of, uh, I'll call them micro apartments, some ground level where he wasn't sure whether retail would work. So worked with, we've called it uh, flex space, where there's lofts, where it could be storage for a business or it could be a place for a industrial entrepreneur to sleep while they have their business on the main level. So I thought it was a really creative way to integrate housing with uh, commercial space. So I think there are creative ways to do that. Um, we are going to wrap up. Thank you, everybody. Right now, I believe over there is going to be the expo in, in the gym. Nope, in the round room is going to be the expo. Food and drinks at 6.30 will be, um, uh, you can take your seats. And at 6.45, we'll have the keynote speaker for uh, Mark Nager. Uh, Nager. Um, Nager. So, Nager. 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 Thank you. Three times a charm. Uh, again, thank you, everybody, it's for like coming. Nager. I'm almost positive, I'm almost positive that, there's, um, that you will hear a spark or you will get a spark 
during tonight's event, please act on it. All right, thank you very much.